Our scripture reading this morning, our scripture passage is Psalm 121. You can find that in the Pew Bible on page 965, page 965. Psalm 121, let us listen. To this word, the Lord speaks to us. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. May the Lord bless this reading and our hearing of his word this morning. Dear congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, Psalm 121, as you may know, is a pilgrim psalm. It's one of those psalms of ascents that the children of Israel, young and old alike, as they would make their uh, pilgrimage uh, for the annual feast, three in particular in Jerusalem, uh, they would sing them. Part of the sense of the opening, I lift up my eyes to the hills, where does my help come? As they approach Jerusalem, the place of God's dwelling, where his temple was dwelling. They would see the mountain, and they would lift up their eyes and confess together as they sang that their help as pilgrims was in the Lord, the Lord of the covenant, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's oftentimes Psalm 121 called a traveler's psalm. We sometimes forget that we are, as I said a moment ago, pilgrims, just passing through, may sound trite. But I'm quite well aware as I grow older, Dr. Naderhood was commenting on the grain of the beard, thought it looked distinguished, said I'd tell my wife when I got home. Uh, But as you get older, it becomes all the more apparent to you, transparently so, that the psalmist has it exactly right. Life is but a hand's breadth. It's here today. It's quickly gone tomorrow. I can remember reading once a little story of a fellow who was visiting a friend in Germany, and he was traveling, and he was visiting as a guest, and he made the comment, my, you travel rather lightly. He had one of these backpacks, and that's all he had. It was easily put on his back as he made his way from place to place. Well, he said, I'm only staying a while. I'm a guest. I'm a traveler. I needn't take everything with me. Now, there are some people who, when they go on vacation, appear to not understand this, and they bring almost everything with them as they travel along. But we are pilgrims, travelers. Our life has a beginning in this life, and it has an end point. Some years ago, I think it was the president of Calvin Seminary made this interesting remark in his column uh, of the seminary, and it was this, we're all on a road, travelers, but it's a cul-de-sac. 
And we've been traveling for some time, some of us longer than others. But one thing is certain, we're all closer to the cul-de-sac. There's no exit except through death. And for the believer in the resurrection, hope for the life to come. And Psalm 121 is the kind of psalm that provides for pilgrims and travelers perspective as we travel through. This was actually, if I may on a personal note, observe this, a psalm that my father used at my older sister's wedding. It's a great wedding text. It was also the text used at her funeral not that many years later. She died relatively young of cancer. But it was a beautiful psalm and it captures well what I think is on the heart and on the mind and indelibly imprinted upon the consciences of all of God's people. I put in the bulletin as the theme of the psalm, the Lord is our keeper always. Now I could have entitled it, Traveling Mercies That Never End. We pray for one another when we go traveling about that the Lord would give us traveling mercies. And it's really that of which the psalmist speaks, the traveling mercies that are assured to all those who belong to God the Father through Christ the Son by His indwelling Spirit. Now, there are three stanzas in this pilgrim psalm, this traveler's psalm. And the first one speaks of the assurance of the traveling mercy of God's constant vigilance. The assurance of God's constant vigilance. The second stanza speaks of the assurance of God's personal protection. And then in the third stanza, the psalm sings of the assurance of God's never-ending, never-failing care. He keeps our coming and going both now and what? Forevermore, without end. His mercies are without end. First of all, the psalmist sings of the Lord's Constant vigil. The language is very simple, but nonetheless beautiful and eloquent. He, that is the Lord who is the help of his people, the maker of heaven and earth, he, says the psalmist, will not let your foot slip. Now that doesn't mean just some little stumbling on the sidewalk or bumping up against the table. Uh, That's idiom for fall in the sense of to your profound injury and loss of his grace and salvation. The psalmist here and elsewhere is well aware that the people of God have their valleys as well as their high points, their good times as well as their times of trouble. And yet ultimately he will not let your foot slip He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Now, that's a beautiful picture. Imagine an earthly parent, father or mother, who is keeping vigil 
watching over. Their eye is upon their children. Their aim is to protect them and keep them safe, to guard them from trouble. I can remember a few years ago at the seminary, one of the workers in the library, they had he and his wife just received their firstborn child, a little daughter, and she had a lot of problems in the early months sleeping. Uh, She was waking them up through the night. The first clue was when he came to work looking a bit bedaggled, a little bit uh, uh, out of sorts, a little bit uh, bags under the eyes and looking a bit uh, haggard, you might say. And then he told us the story. Well, he and his wife were not getting any sleep because their little one was keeping them awake. Well, it so happened some months later, uh, he announced over coffee that their little one had slept through the night. And I said, well, then you should be fresh this morning, well-rested. Oh, no, he said. My wife and I peeked in about every hour, making sure she was okay, (laughs) because this was out of the ordinary. But you know, no earthly parent can keep vigil constant and has the wherewithal to protect 24-7. Day after day, month after month, year after year, the psalmist says the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, he uses God's covenant name, the one who loves and is steadfast in his mercies and love toward his people, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Who in Jesus Christ, likewise, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never slumbers nor sleeps. He keeps perpetual, constant, unbroken, vigil, watch over his children. After all... You know, Psalm 121 is in some sense the Old Testament uh, preview of Romans 8, where the Apostle Paul says, how can we say this? How could we know this? That's too good to be true, preacher. At the end of this year of our Lord, and at the threshold of a new year, that the God who so loved us in Christ keeps perpetual, constant care and vigil over us. But you know how Paul puts it. The logic is impeccable. There's no crack in the wall that you could wedge something to somehow separate us from. He says, if God spared not his own son, imagine that. What price he paid to purchase us as his prized, peculiar, dearly loved Children, if he spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? As the hymn writer puts it, through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Disgrace has brought me safe thus far. Disgrace will bring me home. So throughout this past year, as you look back, and the new year as you look forward, 
retrospect and prospect, keep in mind that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ has his eye ever attentive upon his dearly loved children. But the second thing of which the psalmist speaks is not God's constant vigil, but his personal protection. It's interesting that the psalmist uses not only consistently the covenant name of God, the God who keeps covenant forever, who is steadfast in his love and mercy, whose mercies are without fail new every morning. He uses consistently the second person singular, you. We don't know that. In the English, it's the same form, but in the language of the psalmist, uh, there's a distinction between the singular and the plural. And here, it is in the singular. Now, that doesn't make it private or individual. It's something true for me, but not for others. But it does remind us that we are called not to believe some general truth regarding God's care for us, but that God personally, specifically, particularly, remember our Lord's words in John 10, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and they know me. When they hear my voice, they respond. He knows them all by their particular name. They're not a nameless crowd, a numberless company. They are particular persons who are written upon his heart and for whom he is constantly attentive, protecting, preserving them. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. Now, why would the psalmist say the sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night? Well, you've heard of something called sunstroke. You know the word lunatic, derives from the word for moon. The moon has a way, those who do not live in God's world, knowing that all things are within his providential care, they think that they exercise sometimes malevolent and harmful power to do injury to God's people. The peoples surrounding Israel worshipped the gods, plural. The sun, the moon, the stars, their high places were built in the hill country. But our God, says the psalmist, remember, is the maker of heaven and earth. He is the Lord of all creation, as well as the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The sun, therefore, will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. You don't have to consult your horoscope to see how your life will fare. I once got into trouble with my mother-in-law when she was rather carefully consulting uh, her horoscope before she planted. I, I could get myself into trouble here this morning, as a matter of fact, if that is your practice. But the point of the psalmist is there are no powers within the created order that are independent capable of doing you injury that are not under the sovereign disposal and oversight of the Lord who watches over you. That's why he can say the Lord is your shade at your right hand. The idiom 
is striking at your right hand. It's as if he puts himself at the disposal serving. Reminded of the ancient Greek uh, emperor general Alexander the Great. He had a a right-hand man by the name of Parmenio whose one task was to stick like glue close at the right hand of the, of the great general to be his protector. Well, we have something much greater than that in the Lord our God who is your shade at your right hand. If I may stretch the idiom just a little, I don't know whether any of you boys and girls have ever tried to outrun your shadow on the school playground. You ever do that on a sunny day? <laughs> and you can move around. About the only way you can do it is stand in just the right place where the sun is directly above and there's no shadow. But otherwise, you can't run fast enough. One of my grandchildren, the oldest one actually, some years ago was proudly announcing to his grandfather in the family room, you know, Grandpa, when I put this Superman cape on, I can run so fast, you won't even be able to see me. Oh, I said, that sounds pretty impressive. Let me show you, he says. Put it on, dashed across the, the family room. And he said to me, did you see me? And I told a white lie. A grandpa white lies. Oh, no, I said, I couldn't see you. You were going so fast. Well, in a far more profound way, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who keeps constant vigil, is always at your right hand a shade inseparable, inescapably present, protecting, preserving. Incidentally, the same grandson in question a few years after that was by his grandfather taken to a ball game, a Chicago Cubs game, and the plan was we were going to take the train. Someone suggested you can park in Chinatown then you can get on the CTA and you can get off at the, it'll be a double pleasure, not only a ball game for the little boy, but also a train ride. Well, as soon as we got to the ball game, all you wanted to do was get back on the train. But the more important point is this. I don't know if you've ever taken the CTA, but there I am with this little five-year-old, hand in hand, and we come to the platform. And I immediately realized something that struck me pretty close to home. This little guy, if he falls off this track, this platform, that's bad. And his mother's entrusted him to grandpa. And I don't know whether I pinched his hand a bit too severely, but I wasn't going to let loose my grip on his hand. I was glad when we got on that train and he hadn't gotten loose as children are wont to do and run away. Well, the psalmist is telling us that not only is the Lord constant in his vigil, but by his powerful and gracious hand, he has his grip. You can't pry yourself loose no matter what you do. No matter how fast you try to run, he will keep you. He will protect you. The last thing the psalmist tells us is that this watchful eye, constant vigil, 
personal protection and grip of His love that He has upon you in Christ and by His indwelling Spirit, who will abide with you forever, says the Lord Jesus Christ. And no one will snatch anyone of my sheep, whom I know by name, out of my hand. Don't ever think that the doctrines of grace are some sort of abstract confession in the back of a book. They are the stuff of your and my life as pilgrims. But it is a never-ending. It is a protection, a watchful eye that will keep us from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over, says the psalmist, your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Now I ask you this morning, congregation, Who can sell you traveling assurance like this? It is, from a human perspective, not knowing God's grace, too good to be true. But what does Paul say to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians 5? Even when this earthly tent I don't know about you, but I used to, on vacation, sleep in a tent. (laughs) At this stage of the game, no tent for me. Uh, Tents are temporary dwelling places, and they begin to tatter around the edges and unravel. Well, guess what? Look in the mirror. As you grow older, you're going to see that this body of yours and mine is but a tent which is soon dissolved. And then what? Well, says the Apostle Paul, though outwardly we may be wasting away, this earthly tent may soon be destroyed, but in a way that the psalmist could only, in a manner of speaking, see it from a distance, not knowing the Christ who has come, and the resurrection that he won in victory over the grave in his resurrection. Even the psalmist has a glimpse of it, but Paul has it more clearly set forth for us in Christ. We have a body not made with hands, eternal in the heavens, when this mortal puts on immortality when we enter into a dwelling place suitable for life in communion with God, world without end. You know, I don't think we should go through any year, I don't care how old you are or how young you are, without stepping back and taking the big perspective view on this earthly pilgrimage of ours and asking the question, do I in Christ and by the promises that are mine in Christ know the comfort and the assurance confidence of Psalm 121? Makes all the difference in the world. You know, there's this great passage in of all things, Alice in Wonderland, 
when Alice in her travels through Wonderland comes to a fork in the road and she sees a Cheshire cat in the bush or the tree and she says to the Cheshire cat, which way shall I go? At this fork in the road. Well, where are you going, says the cat. I don't know, says Alice. Well, then it doesn't matter. But if you know where you're going, he keeps our coming and our going now and always. Well, the year past will have been a good year in terms of God's traveling mercies. The year to come will be a good year. And every year hence, until you're home, dwelling in a body indestructible, living in God's presence, taking up your youth like the eagle on eagle's wings, celebrating, serving, worshiping God and those who with you, our gods, life without end. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forever more. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we pray that you would grant to us, by your Spirit, the ability to sing along with the psalmist. As we look back, as we look forward, confident that you will keep your eye upon us, you will protect us, each one. You know us by name, and you will not let us go. And that our traveling days, in this life, though they may soon end, your love and care for us continues without end. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.